Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode 24 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast for Saturday, uh, December 10, uh, 2011 on tonight's show. Yeah, we're going old school tonight. That's right. Yes, uh, for those of you new listeners out there, this uh, show was formerly known as the Dr. Anonymous Show. And every so often I call it the night shift and uh, talk about stuff with my co-host Kat. And uh, decided to bring back the uh, Night Shift show here uh, tonight. So uh, we'll talk about our week. We'll talk about some sports, some entertainment news, other news, and uh, whatever else uh, comes up here. Uh, Coming up on the Night Shift show here, starting uh, right now. family physician. My name is Mike Savella, family physician and social media enthusiast. And be uh, a, a brief introduction here tonight. So I just want to give a big uh, shout out to the uh, website here. You can check out more about me at familymedicinerocks.com. Also, shout out to all 7,873 people following me on Twitter. I don't know why, uh, but thank you very much for that. And also shout out to all 296 people who uh, like the Facebook page. Uh, so today is the Saturday, December 10th, 2011. It is 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central. And uh, temperature here at uh, Family Medicine Rocks World Headquarters is a chilly 23 degrees Fahrenheit. That's right, kids. So hope your weekend is going on uh, very well. Hope you're having a good time. And uh, so, uh, so yeah, we're going to go a little old school tonight. And uh, I know I have Kat waiting on the line here. I'll bring her up here in just a little bit here. And... Uh, but we'll be talking about uh, some stuff that, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll talk about that, some news stories, some sports, some entertainment, some this, some that, maybe some tech news like iPhone and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So a pretty free-forming show. So people who are, uh, are used to listening to uh, uh, the Family Medicine Rocks podcast or uh, medical stuff, uh, then just, just tune out right now. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it's just a little different things here that we do here uh, just to – if anything, I'll just uh, blow off some steam here and just talk about stuff. So, uh, so I will uh, shut up now, and uh, I will bring a cat on the line right here. Let me let me get her intro here because I I downloaded I uploaded a lot of stuff here to the uh, <laughs> to the show here. Uh, so you're listening to the uh, night shift here. Uh, coming up right after the short break will be the moment that you're waiting for. That's right, J Man in the chat room. <laughs> uh, the lovely warrior cat will be 
on the line right after we play her intro right here on the night shift. Welcome back to the Night Shift, and on the line is my good friend. I haven't spoken to her in such a long time. Kat, how are you doing there, my dear? Hello? What? Wait, who is it? Is this, is, oh, is this a prank caller? Who, who Hello? Is Hello? Cat, <laughs> <laughs> you are wound up tonight, let me tell you. How are you doing? I'm already, I'm already drinking the Red Bull, that's why. <laughs> is that right? Is that right? Yeah. Man. Man. And I'm pretty, well, I'm, uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Now, I was going to say, I'm just, I'm having a good day, even though my, my, I know we'll get to it. My Tyron didn't win the Heisman, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Let me get your well, lay this out for me right at the top here, so people are listening uh, on the on the archive. So, so what just happened like five minutes ago with the uh, Heisman Award uh, presentation, and uh, to just uh, paint the picture there for us, Kat, what uh, what what happened, and uh, you know what, what what do you think about it? Well, I mean, well, okay, the Heisman Trophy didn't go to Tyron Matthews. And actually what I just saw on Twitter is LSU football had tweeted that he was voted fifth. So, I mean, he was the last <laughs> totem pole. But the way I look at it is this. I'm not really upset because he's still got two more years at LSU. He's, you know, I mean, he's already been nominated, which is just an honor in itself. I mean, that's huge for a college ball player. That's like – that's like uh, an actor winning uh, an Oscar type thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it has that kind of significance, I guess. Uh, and he may still get it. You know, we got two more years. And very rarely, if ever, I think, what, there's only one other defensive player that has won the Heisman in history of Heisman? I don't know. It's, but it's very little, if, if that. You know okay. what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm happy for him that he got to go to New York. And he's so sweet. You know, he looks so humble up there. Like, you know, when they're all standing around, he looked kind of almost uncomfortable in a way, like he felt out of place, you know. I mean, what I didn't realize when I learned on the show tonight was that uh, I didn't realize he's, I don't know if it was, Seventh Ward, Ninth Ward, one of the wards in New Orleans. You know when Katrina hit, like he, he had to really deal with Katrina in a bad way, I think. And so he came from that to where he is now, and he's so humble. You know, I just, ah. I just love him. <laughs> I just love. Hey, um, why don't you say hi to your sister, and then hi to uh, the J Man in the chat room right now. Hey, Mel, my sis, I love you very much. And Los Cachos. Los Cachos. <laughs> I love Los Cachos. 
Oh, man. Wow. Man. He's so sweet. I just love the Cachos. He's just such a good guy, such a supporter and all of that. You know, you know they're, having, uh, they're, they're having a show tonight. They, they, they moved their show to uh, to Saturday nights here on the Block Talk Radio Network. Did you know that? Yes, I heard that on their last show. Um, and I think a night show is, is good, you know, for for them because of their, you know, they have a comedy show. And, you know, I think for some reason I feel like comedy shows are better at night. I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess we're not supposed to laugh during the day, but. Something about a comedy show being at night, I think it's so cheesy. Don't you agree? Sure. Rather sure, than like, sure. Yeah. and I mean, like at ten o'clock in the morning, you know, not everyone's always home. Well, not sometimes people aren't home at night, but you know what I'm saying. It's like kind of like at ten o'clock in the morning, a lot of people at work, and they can't necessarily listen to the show because office stuff prevents them from listening to having any fun on the internet. And you know what's what's so you know irritating about like the hospital I work at, which I love by the way, but <laughs> they even cut out like when we go to work like on our phones, we like to stream Pandora while we're working, you know. Oh. And well, let me let me uh, let, 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 let me back up here a little bit because I I did want to uh, because we're, we're going to keep cl- we're going to keep plugging uh, J Man's. Uh, uh, show here coming up in two hours here, but I did want to play this clip from their last show because uh, you know they're 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 big admirers of yours and uh, you know they're big fans. <laughs> of yours. And um, I, I just I just I just uh, I just want to tell people that uh, Cat is not no longer going to play here, so it's going to be totally random. Uh, so this this is a little clip from their show, uh, their last show I think, or maybe the one before, uh, about how much how much they love you. So here here is the I'm with a stupid show talking about. Uh, my co-host Cat. I'll just do a shout out to my BFF Warrior Cat, who is probably not listening right now. She is watching LSU and Georgia in the SEC championship game, and not the best effort LSU's put forward this year, but they are in the lead now. So, okay, but I bet she's still a little pensive. Probably, probably. I wonder if she's wearing her LSU cheerleader outfit. Oh, and well, because, in my mind she is. In my yeah. mind she does every day. <laughs> and I can see her right now with the with the game tight. She's kind of like curled up tight on the couch. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, so what do you think about that cat? <laughs> I love those two. <laughs> and I think I they love, love you. I love those two. They're so, you know, they're so good to me. They really are. I I really love those guys. They're not. They're good guys. Uh, And that makes that that makes me feel good that they admire me like that. I admire them too, by the way. Well, cool. So I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, so I, I interrupt your 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 work story. So uh, so you, something about Pandora you were talking about. Yeah, no, I'm going all over the place. I think it's the Red Bull, but um, you know, like we'll we'll stream. Like they don't want to see us texting or anything like that. But like sometimes we'll sneak in a text or two, you know. But like, of course, I totally understand. You know, places of business, hospitals, whatever. 
blocking, you know, Facebook and certain things at the office, okay? But since we all have iPhones, <laughs> like, or, or some kind of smartphone that has Internet access, you can get on, your, on their Wi-Fi, their free Wi-Fi, right? And we would stream Pandora while we work. And because we're in a closed nursery, nobody else, you know, we're not like playing it in patients' rooms or anything like that, right? Uh, but they even, we can't get on Pandora through their Wi-Fi, even on our phones. I don't know how they did that. I don't know how they did that. Because I'm oh. thinking the patients, so when patients come with laptops and stuff, they're not able to use the Internet, you know, because, you know, how were they able to, I don't know. I don't know how they did it, but thank God I'm grandfathered into the uh, 3G, uh, you know, unlimited data plan for for iPhone. So I still stream my Pandora on 3G. Hey, 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 hey. You know, because it's hard for me. We're so busy. You know how busy we are at that hospital. It's so busy that sometimes, and I don't play it loud because I can't stand loud music. I play it light, and I play like older music, like from the seventies and stuff. You know, I'm old, so I like that stuff. So it's not like hard music. The babies love it, you know. And, and but if I don't have music, it's not bad, but it's not nearly as easy to get through the day as if I have a little bit of music going while I'm working. So. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's my two cents. <laughs> 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 I'm sticking to it. <laughs> oh. So, so you just you just been uh, just just been uh, crazy busy then, just doing doing your thing. Let me, yeah, it, work has been from November until like now. I mean, I didn't work today, but the last two days, two days ago, the newborn nursery got twenty nine deliveries in twelve hours, seven, eight, wow. and seventeen. Okay. Wow. I don't know how bad it was yesterday. I have no idea. But that doesn't include the babies that went to NICU. You know what I'm saying? So there was more births. I don't know how many altogether. But that's a daily occurrence at that place. Right. How, you know, and, and I think I've mentioned this on your show before. It just doesn't seem to work out statistically wise. I can't imagine that that many people die every day that are born in this hospital. So we have to be overpopulated. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, that, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's just I a mean, lot of that's just a lot of people being born there, Kat, let me tell you. It's a lot of people being born, like an insane we have an average of eight hundred deliveries a month at that hospital. That's an elementary school a month. So, uh, so just, just to give people like a general uh, location where you're at. I'm on the border of, of the stage. And, yeah, I'm on the border of Texas and Mexico, so it should make more sense now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even in a big city. I'm not even in a big city. I, I live in an area that's basically a bunch of small towns bundled together. But, you know, you know when people talk about. Uh, you know, you, something you hear about on TV, like people will come here to have their babies here. Like they call it, what do they call it, anchor babies? 
That really right, does right, happen. Right. That happens a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> so that ain't a myth in case you were thinking it was. It's reality. And, you know, it's just, well, and it's part of the culture, too. Like, my mom's from Guatemala, but, I mean, Spanish, you know, it's all kind of, you know, they all kind of have the culture of where you have a lot of kids. My mom never my mom never developed that. She had two of us, and that was it. But kind of here, the way the culture is, is kind of like the more babies you have is is your sign of uh, success. Like, you know, with a person somewhere else, it might be how much education you have, what kind of job do you have, you know, how many college degrees. Here it's how many kids do you have. Right, right, right. Pretty much, you know. And, and so here I'm a freak, <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know you're I mean, a freak. So, I am, yeah, I am a freak. But I mean, I'm like really a freak. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, you're how old and you never had any kids? Okay, oh you know? yeah. Uh, so, but in New York City, I would be just another one of the girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a normal person. <laughs> oh. Wow. Um, so what, what, why don't we start in some of these news stories here? What do you think? Cool beans, man. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's start with some uh, maybe an entertainment story here. Uh, so uh, so I, I think you sent me this story today about, about Jennifer Aniston. Like what, 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 is, what, what is that story about there, Kat? Well, she was named, I think it was Men's Health Magazine, named her like the sexiest woman ever. Okay, there was ten people they chose, and I think she was number she was number one on the list. Now wow. I think I know I think she's a beautiful woman. I do. Don't get me wrong here. This is not a jealousy thing when I say this. Okay, but when you hear some of the other people who were on this list, I don't know how they made her number one. I'm sorry, I don't think that she's a pretty girl, but I don't even know if I would consider her sexy necessarily. Wow. We'll go through this list here. Let me. Uh, I have a one-minute clip here from from, uh, from audio here, and uh, we'll we'll continue. Let's listen to this news report here, kids. Jennifer Aniston named sexiest woman alive. Hey everybody, I'm Diana Madison for Holly Scoop. All right, there's a new poll out. Jennifer Aniston has been named sexiest woman alive by Men'sHealth.com. The website released their annual list of the 100 hottest women of all time, and Addison is the sexiest, proving that Addison is sexier than even Angelina Jolie, Rihanna, or even Beyonce. The girl next door turned one of the world's biggest celebs is the hottest. Could it be her effortless middle part, her blonde highlights that she hasn't changed since she played Rachel on Friends? Or is it the way we cling to the tabloids to find out if Addison's uterus is or isn't knocked up? No matter how you slice it, Addison is the best. So, what does a sexy star think about her man, Justin Theroux? Jennifer says, quote, Sexiest thing about a man, other than abs, is if he can make me laugh, has compassion, kindness, and an accurately sized ego. For more on all things sexy, log on to hollyscoop.com. So, our good friend, uh, J-Man, says narrowly uh, beat out Rosie O'Donnell. And uh, for all the guests, we have a lot of guests <laughs> in the room there, let me tell you. So if people want to chat about this, uh, I encourage you to register here at Blog Talk Radio and uh, and come and chat about it and make fun of us. But uh, like people like Angelina Jolie, Eric Cat, I mean, like really, like I don't know if I really believe that. 
Well, like, I don't think, you know, with Angelina Jolie, I I don't think for some reason I don't think she's as pretty as she used to be. She looks kind of uh, worn out or something. But I still think, like, in the past she's prettier than, than Jennifer Aniston as far as sexy looking or that, that TV, you know, like Marilyn Monroe type. Like Marilyn Monroe was on the list. But then there's other people that, you know, should have been on that list because something like this is very subjective, okay? But even being a subjective subject, <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand how Jennifer Aniston's number one. I'm sorry, I just don't get it. I don't get it. And you know, I, I saw a couple. There was a couple different places where that they had that on on you know online about the Jennifer Aniston thing. And and then all the comments, I saw one person out of like a hundred that said, "Oh, great, she deserved it," right? Everybody else would say, like, are they blind? What is going on? You know, and they weren't, you know, and a lot of people were saying, like, I was, too. Like, no, she's pretty. But that's such a, like, they're saying the sexiest woman ever. 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 Yeah. Ever. I, I, don't, I don't know about that. I mean, ever. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, she's, I, I, I think she's hot, you know, but the hottest woman ever, ever, yeah, really, kids? I mean, come on. And that's kind of like. That's that's a huge like not title I guess it's really tight you know what I mean it's kind of like a wow what's the word I'm looking for a definite you know a definite kind of description like you would you uh, would think it would be more somebody like not that I necessarily even think Marilyn Monroe fits that category but she was more like I put her at number one I like Marilyn Monroe number one that's that's what I really. Well, okay, yeah. because she was the classic sexy blonde bombshell type. You know what I'm saying? And she had the curves, and she had the sex appeal. She was sexy. Jennifer Aniston is pretty. <laughs> 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 it's not sexy. I'm sorry. She, she may have a great body, wonderful hair, but she's not sexy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man! Wow. Wow. I think Britney Spears is sexier than – Britney Spears is on the list, too. Now, Britney Spears oh, yeah. went through a bad stage, okay, but she came back. <laughs> she came back. Oh. Wow. <laughs> uh, anything else before we move on? Nada. I want to I want to talk about this. Well, you know, I, I want to talk about this X Factor thing because I don't really follow it. I know you follow it there, so uh, so I'll, I'll post this in the chat room for all our friends in the chat room there. So this is from uh, the Mirror or the Daily Mirror. It says X Factor USA Rachel Crow breaks down uncontrollably as she's voted off. Now now you, you got to give me some background here, Cap, uh, because I don't watch X Factor. I don't you know. I presume it's one of those uh, you know one of those many talent shows that are out there. But kind of break this down here for me. What, what what's going on with this uh, with this show? Okay. Well, when you know, when I first heard about how Simon Cowell was bringing the X Factor, I thought it was going to be like an America's Got Talent, where it was anything, right? Who just who has the X Factor? Well, no, it's just a singing competition, but it's a singing competition for people ages 13 to 113. Okay, there's no upper age limit, but the lower age age limit is 13, which I think is too young, which I'll get to. Okay. But they had a 13-year-old Rachel Crow and a 14-year-old Drew, I don't know how you say her last name, Rewinelitz or something, I don't know. <laughs> Those were the last two voted off, okay? And both of them reacted terribly, as you would expect, because Drew is 14, 
and Rachel is 13, okay? Um, but it's like it's like American Idol on steroids. I mean, it is a singing competition to the max. I mean, they really do the whole, like when they perform, you think you're at a concert with all the light show dancers they have behind them, everything. They really go all out on this on this program, okay? Uh, and they even had, I just want to mention this, even though this has nothing to do with what I'm going to talk about, a 60-year-old man who was hot, okay? Wow. He, he, no, he was 60 and looked like he was in his 30s, okay? I'm going to tell you his name now. You Google his images and you'll see what I mean. It's Leroy Bell, L-E-R-O-Y-B-E-L-L, Leroy Bell, okay? He made it to, I think, the seventh or eighth contest. I, I mean, he was in the top 12, and I think he, he got knocked off around the seventh contestant or something like that. He had a great voice, and he's gorgeous, okay? You couldn't believe the guy was 60. He literally looked to me like he was in the 30s. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that because <laughs> Just wanted to, but like, I hope I look <laughs> all like right, that. All right, all right. I hope I look like that when I'm sixty. But um, did, did you want to read the whole article? You want me to just tell everybody what happened? Uh, let me see. Let, let, let me read like the maybe first three paragraphs here. So, uh, in what could be seen as an argument for raising the minimum age range for contestants <laughs> on the X Factor shows, Rachel Crow falls to the floor and sobs her eyes out as she discovers she is to leave. Rachel, who is just 13, was up against some person for a place in the final. Some <laughs> person. Uh, Nicole, somebody who I can't even pronounce her last name, was visibly upset and slightly hysterical herself, refusing to choose an act to go home. So sent the vote to deadlock by choosing Rachel. Wow, and and there's pictures here on this thing, and there's this. She's just she's she is just losing. It. She's having a meltdown on stage. Is that is that was that the <laughs> accurate? What's happening? Yes, I mean it was uncomfortable to watch. And the thing about it is, you know, I was watching it, and I'm like, if it wasn't for there's two contestants on there who I absolutely love, and you know, because they're at, now they're at the top four, and there's still two contestants that I really love, and that's the only reason I'm going to watch this show. But after watching these hysterics, what do you call it? I don't know. <laughs> what do you call it? When hystericalness the past two weeks has made me want to just boycott the X Factor because I don't believe, and I said this before, I said this before this past week, that it's too young to put these kids in this situation. They're not emotionally... 13, a 13-year-old cannot work at McDonald's in the United States. So why are you going to put them on this show that even an adult would have a hard time absorbing? First of all, even if you're an adult, to be pushed into this instant fame, it's going to play with your head. So why would you do that to children? To me, that is just as bad as putting kids in beauty pageants, little kids in beauty. You know what I'm saying? I don't like anything like that. I think a kid needs to be a kid. I think it should be against the law to put them in beauty passions. I think it should be against the law to put them on X Factor. I think it should be against the law to do any of that stuff. Because, yeah, they may think they want to do it because they love the attention, but what happens when the littlest thing goes wrong? I mean, she was screaming to her mom, you promise me it's going to be okay? Promise me, promise me. 
promise me it's going to be okay. And I'm like thinking, I, she's 13, okay, I'm not, but, you know, you would have thought that someone just told her her, her dog died or she got cancer, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, yeah, I'm sure it was upsetting for her, but you know she's going to get, that's the thing with these, with these shows like American Idol and X Factor. If you get up to the top 12, you've already pretty much gotten your chance enough to be seen. You're going to get a lot of people that don't win those shows end up with recording contracts. Look at Chris Daughtry. Look how big he is now, you know, and he was not, he was the fourth one, like, what, in the top four and got voted off. Exactly. Like, right, right. You know, so, I mean, it doesn't matter if you win those shows anymore. It just matters how good you are and if you're, you know, just so you can get seen by people. That's the main thing. But she's too young to understand that. So, so, so how young is too young, then, would you say there, Kat? Well, you know, they say the U.K. X factor, the age limit is 16. Now, I think, isn't that the age limit here just to get a job anywhere is 16? I still think it should be at least 18 before they can get on these shows. Right, right. Because still at 16, you don't know anything either. Well, you know, not that you know much at 18, but you're legally an adult. Nobody can tell you really what to do. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I think that's right. I mean, you know, I mean that's that, that's just way too young, and and you know, it, it, it is you know kind of a uh, you know what we do in this country as far as you know pushing people for fame too early, too soon, and then we you know uh, then we complain about oh you know that they're a child star, and then they're all like you know they fall out of fame and they get into drugs and all that kind of stuff, and you know and then you blame you blame the kid. And you're like, well, yeah. maybe it's society that's 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 pushing these kids to to do some of this stuff. Well, and the parents, because of course now a lot of people are are very angry with Nicole Scherzinger. They are, you know, and the, the week before, it was her and Paula that sent Drew home, the little girl. They were getting death threats over this. Like, first of all, calm down, people. I mean, really, you know, it's it's a show. And and like I said before, these girls are going to get recording contracts anyway. You know, I think people take the show way too seriously. But when after that happened to Drew, it's you know even before Rachel, I'm like, gosh, you know, these kids are too young. This isn't right. It just doesn't feel right to me. It almost to me seems abusive to children. I, and maybe I'm being a little over dramatic or. A little, you know, but I just think it is because that's right. Like, I don't know. I think a kid needs to be a kid, or oh, and like you said, oh, they lose fame and they get into drugs, or they lose their fame because they get into drugs because of this world that they're put into. Right. Where, right. You know, they're, they're pressured to be perfect, and you know, and there's drugs all around them. You know, and so they try it and they like it, and you know, it just goes downhill from there. So I don't know. It's just that I wouldn't be. I would. The only reason I'm still watching it is for my two guys on there that I like. But otherwise, I, I don't think I could watch it after that. It was really hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Really uncomfortable. <laughs> like awkward sauce. <laughs> Um, why don't we take a break? We will we'll take a short break here and uh, 
just uh, in the in in the next block of stories, we'll be talking about just so people will keep tuning in. Uh, we're talking about Alec Baldwin in the next uh, next block of stories. You know, he got kicked off a plane. You know, and we'll we'll talk more about that and and uh, maybe a little bit about some apps and iPhone stuff uh, right after one of your favorite songs here, Kat. So you're you're gonna enjoy this. You're gonna be dancing around. So you're listening to the ah. Night Shift here on uh, Saturday night here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in four minutes here right after this really cool song. It's Christmas time. Did you know that? We'll be right back.
Red Shift Show here on Block Talk Radio on the uh, Saturday night. And uh, we're back here with Cats. We got through the first uh, half an hour here. We get, i, I got to pace myself here because we have to get ready for the big uh, I'm a Stupid Show coming up right after this show at 11 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Central. So, so I'm, how are you doing there, Cat? I'm doing great. I'm just checking out Twitter. <laughs> What's going on on Twitter out there one? tonight there, Cat? Not much. I just I can't concentrate on those things at once. So I'm going to shut down the Twitter. <laughs> you know me. That's why I'm not in the chat room. I can't, you know, concentrate on the show while I'm seeing what people are chatting about. <laughs> ah, that's all right. I'm that's not that. Right. Well, down. I mean, um, there's no pressure because everybody left the chat room now. So it's just. Uh... <laughs> Me and you and the J-Man, so uh, we can really talk about whatever we want now, so there you go. Okay. He sticks by me through thick and thin. (laughs) 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 Uh, Well, I know you wanted to talk football, so uh, why don't we talk football, and uh, I'll I'll play these two uh, clips about your favorite team here and the big game uh, that's coming up, so we'll talk right after these. and after these two clips. Top-ranked LSU wrapped up a spot in the BCS title game in New Orleans as the Tigers rallied for a 42-10 rout of number 12 Georgia in the SEC championship game Saturday. LSU didn't get a single first down in the first half when Les Miles' team only managed 12 yards. Tyran Matthew returned a punt 62 yards for a touchdown in the victory for LSU, tops in the BCS standings. Upset in the top 25 as number 24 Southern Mississippi takes down 7th-ranked Houston, 49-28. The loss ruins Houston's unbeaten season and hopes of a bid to a BCS bowl game. Austin Davis threw four touchdown passes, and the Golden Eagles became the first team to hold Houston, averaging more than 50 points a game, below 35 points this season. Well, there was some drama on Selection Sunday for the BCS, and a lot of times there isn't. A lot of times we know exactly who's going to be in the title game, you know, by the close of business on Saturday. Um, but that wasn't the case this time. It really were, we really weren't sure if it was going to be Alabama at number two to face LSU or Oklahoma State at number two. It turns out it was Alabama. Um, so we're going to get a rematch of what was considered the game of the century back on November 5th. Uh, in some ways, didn't really look like the game of the century, at least to some people. LSU won 9-6 in overtime, no touchdowns scored in the game at Tuscaloosa, and there's been some controversy ever since. There's been a heated debate in college football ever since of whether this game should be replayed as the national championship game. LSU has been dominant against everyone. The only game they struggled at all in was against Alabama. Alabama has dominated its opponents, its only loss, obviously coming against LSU, really nobody else even challenged the Tide. But still, there's that feeling that in college football, every week is a playoff, and the regular season is so meaningful, but now that game that was supposed to be the biggest game of the season really maybe didn't mean anything, or it didn't mean as much as we thought it did, because Alabama's going to get a second shot. It's a great matchup. It's hard to argue, well... It's hard for me to argue. I think there's a lot of Oklahoma State fans out there who would argue, and maybe a lot of fans from other teams who just don't want to see this matchup again, that Alabama and LSU certainly look like the two most talented teams in the country. Um, 
we could argue that Alabama maybe didn't play the toughest of schedules this year. The SEC was down a little bit. Um, you know, Alabama didn't play two of the better teams in the SEC with uh, in South Carolina and Georgia this season. But nonetheless, these certainly look like the two best teams. They have incredible defenses. You know, two of the best defenses in the country. Alabama is number one in yards against and points allowed, and LSU is not far behind in either. And they have big play players on defense too, especially LSU with. Tyron Matthew, the cornerback, who's a, even a Heisman Trophy candidate, he returns punts and causes a lot of turnovers. It's an intriguing matchup. It should be it has the potential to be a really terrific game. There's just a lot of people out there who don't necessarily want to see it again. All right, Kat, so break this down here for me. So uh, what, 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 what do you think of any of that or all of that or, or just your team in general? Well, I'm so happy with my team this year. First, I have to say, I mean, this LSU team this year is so good. It makes me want to cry. It's, they're just so good. It, good isn't even a, a word. I mean, they're beyond anything that I've ever seen, you know. Um, and I can understand what people are saying about, like, here's my problems with the LSU-Alabama matchup, okay. Yes, I think they're the two best teams in the country, okay, Uh so I could see why they would pick them to play us in the BCS Bowl. But here's the deal. The only game they lost was to us, okay? So what happens if they beat us in the bowl? Are we then tied at number one? You know, it's like, why rematch? I I don't know. I'm a little scared, too, because I think they're the only team in the country that has any shot or any chance in hell at beating us, okay? And they do it. They could, and I don't want to lose. I we, I cannot handle an LSU loss this year. We're just too good. But, <laughs> you know, it's just like, I don't want to see this again. You know, I was, like, biting my nails through that whole game, through LSU and Alabama. I mean, no touchdowns were scored. I mean, in a way, it made for a boring game because, you know, it was like, oh, come on, somebody score a touchdown. But, that, I mean, that's how good each team is. You know, that they're just and, – and I don't want to lose to them after we beat them, you know. So what happens, too, and if they win? Oh, what, Bama fans are going to say, yes, yeah, we are. The no, it would be tied because we won one and you won one, you know. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I really would have rather seen the play Oklahoma State. We haven't played them, you know. Uh I just don't want to play them again. I'm scared, you know, because they're really good. (laughs) They're really good, and they're going to come back with a vengeance, you know. They're going to come back with a vengeance because they lost. You have a bad feeling about this game there, Kaz, what you're saying. Well, I mean, I know we can win, but I also know we can possibly lose because I think they are very good. Yes, I think they are very good. So I still think we're the best. I mean, and I'm not just saying that out of biasness. I really think we are the best team. But I, like I said, I think they're the only other team in the country right now who has any chance of beating us. And since they're going to be mad about their loss, they're going to come back playing even harder. So, but at least we'll be in New Orleans, so it's kind of a home field advantage, which I love. Um, I wish I could be there. Gosh, you know how bad I would love to be there. <laughs> you know how bad I would want to be at that game. 
I, 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 I think I can hear in your voice how you really <laughs> want to be at that game there, Kat. I mean, I'm, like, already nervous about it, and it's still, what, two weeks away, three weeks? I don't know how many weeks away it is, but I think three, four, I don't know. But it's yeah. like, am I going to be, like, a nervous wreck until then? And then once the game is played, it's like, okay, if they win, I'm going to be, like, on cloud nine for I don't know how long, and if they lose, I'm going to be, like, on cloud zero for I don't know how long. <laughs> <laughs> but I still think, what do you think? If, if there were to be this, wouldn't that essentially make us tied for number one, really? Because it would mean we pretty much played exactly the same. Or, you know. Well, I mean, I mean, how I, I mean, and I certainly don't follow football as much as other people do. But I mean, I, I from from what I understand, I mean, when when people vote, that's a certain thing. And then the computer has another stupid thing that they do. So I, I think that you guys would get get the get would break the tie because of uh, play a tougher schedule or something like that. So I think if even if you guys lost, I think you still made be crowned the national champions, even though people would be very upset about it. But, you know, I, I don't follow this stuff as close as other people, but that's kind of my, that's kind of my very simplistic type of uh, um, analysis of a thing. Well, hopefully we'll win and that won't be, there won't be any controversy. There won't be any doubt, you know, um, I'm just really nervous. I really did not want to play Alabama again. I mean, did not. So I'm not very happy. We'll, uh, we'll definitely have to do a show right before that so to kind of check in on see how you're doing. <laughs> I'm going to be like, do you think I'm all over the place tonight? <laughs> I'd be there. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, see, see, J-Man, he, he knows all. In the, in the chat room, he says, winner of the game is the BCS champion, AP crowns their own champion. So, so if there's a conflict, then uh, I guess they uh, they do fear factor stuff. I don't know what they do. Factor, <laughs> you mean? Factor or yeah. fear factor? <laughs> yeah, they do fear factor. You know, they they do challenges and stuff. I don't know. They, maybe they do. Maybe that's like uh, the next Survivor or something like that. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Let's uh, let's do another sports story here, which uh, and I think I, saw, I sent you the link on this. It's uh, it, it's about this high school team, and uh, um, it's from, this is from ESPN. I'll, I'm not going to read this story here in case people don't know about it. And uh, this is from Boston, and uh, the title is a "Celebration Penalty Caused Title." And the first paragraph goes like this: A Massachusetts high school lost a state championship game because a player raised his arm in triumph as he ran for what have been the go-ahead touchdown, and uh, I guess the Boston mayor doesn't like it. Uh, the penalty for the gesture by Cathedral High School quarterback Matthew Owens in Saturday's Division 4A Super Bowl led to the losing team wondering if the referee's decision could be challenged. The state association said Wednesday that it could not, and there is no provision from the rules to overturn an official's call after the game has been concluded. And there's a lot of upset people up there, uh, Kat. And uh, you know, I, I saw the I saw the the video on that, and it's just uh, you know, I, I I don't know why they 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 called that penalty. I mean, it's just it didn't seem like it was too you know unsportsmanlike conduct or whatever. It didn't seem too like in your face type of thing. I thought that guy was just he was just excited that they were going to win the game and the state championship. What do you think? I totally agree. 
I saw that video that when you sent me the link, I watched that, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me that, that, that they did that. I mean, this is a state championship. Again, these are kids, <laughs> you know. They get excited, um, you know. You get excited. What if he had a cramp in his arm? Maybe he wasn't even celebrating. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, it was ridiculous. I mean, he wasn't being – he just raised his arm like, yay, I'm going towards the goal, you know. I, I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. I think I, – I, you know, I don't – so even the mayor was upset at their ruling or the mayor – I guess so. That's, agreed that's with it. Yeah, I'm like, it's, it didn't seem like it's excessive. I mean, it's it's not like, you know, those stupid NFL players that do, I don't know what they do, you know. Where all of them get in the end zone and they do whatever that they do in there. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, and remember, like, in that clip you sent me, it was some people talking, right? And there was only one guy out of four people that agreed with the call. He said, oh, well, he broke the rules. But even he said it was on the mild end of, you know, celebrating type, whatever that rule is. I kind of think it's a dumb rule. I mean, unless, like you, like you said, I mean, unless you're being excessive, uh, unless you're being, you know, ridiculous, foul, whatever, you know. Like, I, that happened to LSU this season. I don't remember who they were playing, and I don't remember. Who knows? It may have been Tyron. I don't know. Who was going for the touchdown, and he did something like his, a shrug of his shoulders, like, 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 as he was going in, I, I can't really – he sort of shrugged his shoulders, but it was kind of like a, one of those things like, yeah, I'm bad, you know, type thing. And they, they took away their touchdown. They didn't count the touchdown because they said it was whatever. What did they call it? The, the, uh, uh, the, I don't know, like excessive celebration or unsportsmanlike conduct. Or, yeah, they called the, it, yeah they called it that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know. Because I would think that even just as a watcher of football, you get excited as you watch the game. You know, I mean, literally, I go through all kinds of emotions while watching a game. You know, what, is, is oh, really? Game? Really? What, what, yeah. What kind of <laughs> go through your cat. Give me, uh, give, give me, give me a sample of what you would. Uh, you know, uh, like if somebody would score a touchdown, like what, what, what would you do typically? Well, you don't want me to scream in this. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's like if 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 we as watchers, as fans, can get this hyped up, can you imagine how they feel? Do you clap? Do you clap really loud? Like my clapping that I love to do. There you go. No, with the Alabama game, when the Alabama game when we scored that that field goal in overtime, I screamed so loud that, you know how when you scream really loud, like you kind of sort of, not lose your voice totally, but it gets raw feeling and kind of hurts in your chest and your throat. I mean, I was Well, Jay may want you to scream. He just put that in the chat. I don't know what you want to do with that, but, you know, I'm just relating what's in the chat room there, Kat. I love you, Katos, but I would not do that to people. They would stop listening to they would stop listening to the show and I wouldn't want to do that to my I wanna say Doctor Anonymous, but you're Mike's a villa now. <laughs> you can you can call me whatever you want to, baby. There you ah, go. Doctor Anonymous. <laughs> but it's like you know so I mean but the point is like, okay, they're playing the game, they're about to make a touchdown, they they're gonna to win the state championship, these high school kids, you know. 
I'm sure they don't even think about it when they're doing it. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, they, they don't think they're being enforced. They're just excited. I think it's kind of a dumb rule, to be honest, in any, whether it's high school, college, unless, like I said, it's excessive. I think that's ridiculous. If they're going and they're about to make a goal and they get excited and accidentally raise their arm or something, give me a break. You know? Right. It's kind of stupid. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's uh, let's do one more story in this uh, in this segment here, then we'll. uh... Then we'll take a break. So let's so let's talk about this Alec Baldwin story. I think it's hilarious. Let me play this audio clip about him getting kicked off of the plane, and then uh, we'll talk about it. On Thirty Rock, Alec Baldwin plays a self-centered TV executive, but it's his alleged real-life behavior that got the actor kicked off a plane in Los Angeles. Baldwin's spokesman says he was playing the game Words with Friends while the New York-bound American Airlines plane idled at LAX. American turned to its Facebook page. The airline doesn't cite Baldwin by name, but describes the actions of an extremely vocal customer. American says Baldwin refused to turn off his phone, even going into the lavatory to continue playing. Pilots heard the lavatory door slam so loudly that they contacted flight attendants to find out what was happening. American says Baldwin was extremely rude to the crew, called them names, and used offensive language. He was on his on his phone, and he didn't want to get off the phone, then he snuck into the bathroom, and became a little bit irate, and they had to remove him from the flight. He was very rude, caused us to be delayed, not very considerate, just not a very unselfish man. Passengers, including boxer Oscar De La Hoya, confirmed American's account. I actually uh, felt... Uh, Alec Baldwin, I mean, was turning off, uh, turning off his devices, and uh, he just got a little angry. Baldwin himself turned to Twitter, tweeting such bombs as, American Airlines is where Catholic school gym teachers from the 1950s find jobs as flight attendants. Baldwin's spokesman says he's so addicted to the game that it was worth getting off the plane. He later boarded a different flight. Baldwin tweeted it would be his last flight on American, despite the fact that the airline shows 30 Rock on the in-flight entertainment system. Matt Friedman, Associated Press. All right, so so this, this is what I think. First of all, okay, why do we need to turn off our our phones on the plane? Okay, that that's that's just stupid. Second, uh, words with friends. I mean, really? I mean, that's the game. I mean, Kat, have have you ever played words with friends? I mean, it's a Scrabble. I mean, I you know I I I don't get the uh, I don't I, I don't get the fascination with words with friends. I mean, come on. Actually, I have. Okay, I've. I started playing Words with Friends, I guess, oh, I don't know how many months ago, but several months ago. I was addicted for a while, then I kind of got tired of it. But lately I've been playing Jay, Jay Man, who's in the chat room, a.k.a. Los Cachos. And I, I'm, having, I'm in a game with one other girl, and I haven't played a word with her in like nine days. But I will play back and forth with Jay Man because I am destined to beat him. <laughs> I am wow. is, Well no okay I have beat it like let's say we play Him and I play 10 games I might win one or two and he wins He wins the rest and it drives me crazy And so I have this Addiction to beat him And it is So hard He pisses me <laughs> off I'm sorry but I love Cachos But he gets me angry Because like every time And it happens almost every time like, I see the way the board is set up. I have to play a, a word, right? I play the word. I get a few more letters, and I see, oh, this next word will get me, like, 
over 100 points. I can play it right here. Please, please, Jay, do not play this little block of, please do not play my word. Or he won't play my word, but he'll play some other word right in the place where I was going to play my 150-point word. And so, <laughs> and then he ends up winning anyway. Or, or there was one time that I was winning. I was beating him by like over, like 130 points or something like that. He ended up winning that game by like one or two points. You have no idea how aggravated that makes me. <laughs> wow, wow. So, so what you're so what you're telling me there, Cat, is that if if you were the one playing the Boys of Friends on the plane, they would have kicked you off because you just could not turn your phone off even for just that amount of time. Is that what you're saying oh, there, no, Kat? No, 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 I could. I'm not as obnoxious as Alec Baldwin. <laughs> That's just not... Okay, maybe he needs to go to celebrity rehab for his words with friends addiction or his internet addiction, whatever his addiction is with that. I mean, I, you know, that's just obnoxious, you know, I mean, I'm, and I, but I'm like you, though. Why do we have to turn off our phone in a plane? I, I don't know if I understand that either. But at the same time, if I have to, I have to. Okay, you know what I'm saying? I would not get kicked off a plane for it. Because so if it's your turn to play words with friends, your turn is still going to be there 10 minutes from then. You know what I mean? So my, And like I said, right now, Jay is the only one that I play regularly. Like, and... I think it's great when I have a time, like if I get home from work and I have a couple hours before I have to go to bed and I play a word and he plays one back and I'll play one back. Like when we get into a game and we're, you know, because sometimes I'll play a word and or he'll play a word and I can't get to it till the next night because I go to work or whatever. And I like it when we're able to play back and forth for a little while, you know, because, I, you know, like I said, I'm destined to win. I want to win. I want to beat Jay more than once in a row. No, one time I think I won two in a row, but mostly. Wow. And it drives me crazy. Well, I've I've been reading a lot of articles on this, and there's this one from CNN, and there's a couple of quotes here I'm going to bring out. Well, one of the quotes is, uh, "I'm down to about seven games at the moment. I've been up to twenty games at one time before." Some guy says. Says I'm very competitive. I really hate losing. He also says uh, it's super fun. It's not like Angry Birds where there's no point to it. You're actually educating yourself <laughs> while you're playing. Uh, and he also says that it's replacing the whole carrying around the newspaper crossword puzzle thing. So there, there's some really, uh, you know, really passionate the words with friends people out there. So I, I'm actually kind of afraid of the words with friends people. Well, yeah, I'm not that bad. But you know what I've heard, too, that they say about Words with Friends, it's kind of like the new Twitter. I, well, I don't know what they mean by the new Twitter, because you can actually chat with the people you're playing a game with. You know, there's a little area where you can send a chat. You know, you play a word and you send something in chat. Uh, but I don't know about the new Twitter. I think it's a totally different thing. But I guess in meeting people and playing this game with them and you can still chat with them at the same time I, yeah I don't think I don't think it's anything like Twitter necessarily <laughs> but, okay I love Twitter <laughs> yeah in fact in fact I'll give you a, I'll give you a little Twitter break here uh, we'll uh, we'll take a break here and uh, play a couple more uh, Christmas songs here and uh, well if we have time the next hour 
Uh, maybe we'll talk about some iPhone stuff or apps or something like that. So, uh, uh, so why don't we take a break here? We'll play a couple of Christmas songs here. We'll uh, we'll get through. Uh, <laughs> you got through our first hour there, Cat. What, what do you think? I mean, it's uh, it just went by quick. I know. I love this show. I I really miss it. I'm so glad that we're doing a show tonight. You know, because I just miss it, and I miss hanging out with you and doing this show. It's just so much fun. And yeah. Whenever we, whether we do an hour show or two hour show, it just the time flies by, like an <laughs> <Cool>. Angry Birds. <laughs> I like Angry Birds too. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I think an hour or two, we'll we'll try to do more voices and sound effects because uh, like, uh, yeah, I, I, I missed that. So 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 you think about that, cat, and uh, we'll take a play a couple of Christmas songs here on the night shift here on uh, Blog Talk Radio. And uh, we will be right back after I find a song here. Uh, how about, how about, how about, how about, uh, yeah, how about this?
That's all right. Welcome back to the Night Shift Show here on uh, Block Talk Radio on a uh, Saturday night. And uh, getting ready for the top of the next hour, where our good friend J-Man there will be, uh, and the Matt Man will be on the I'm With Stupid show here on the uh, Block Talk Radio Network. But uh, first, let's see here. Uh, Kat, uh, how, how you doing? Are you, are you holding up there okay? Uh, did, did you did you open another Red Bull there, Kat? <laughs> That's so funny you said that. I literally just cracked open a new one. Well, there you go. See? Yeah. <laughs> well, see, see. Well, you know, well, well J-Man's outside your window, uh, you know, in his usual <laughs> stalker position, so he gave me the instant information. Oh, gotcha. You know, actually, I, when I was looking for articles for the show, I did find one somewhere about, uh, I don't know, I don't know where it is. I think it's in another country, I'm not sure, but it's a stalker clinic. You know how people go to rehab for drugs and alcohol? This is a clinic where people go, so they stop stalking. <laughs> It's supposed to prevent, like, you know, rapes and all that. Not that Cachos would ever do that. <laughs> wow. Wow. Right. No, no, no. You? All right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, send all mail to rockdog at anybrilltalk.com. The Rocky. Oh, I love Rocky. <laughs> I miss everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought they were going to tune in tonight, but I guess they have real lives, which I, you know, don't blame them for. <laughs> Uh, but maybe maybe they'll listen to maybe they're listening to us now. We didn't even know it. So uh, so hey, what's up everybody? <laughs> hey everybody. Or maybe they don't even know about our show tonight. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> don't listen. It don't matter. We're 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 having a good time and and uh, much appreciate the J Man uh, hanging up for our show here for tonight. So uh, appreciate that. Thanks, little <laughs> Jay. So how, how do you like the music selections here, uh, Kat? I, I've been working hard on getting the, getting the right music here for the show. I think it's all awesome. I even love the little bumper music. Like that was, what, Papa Don't Preach? That's right, man. I love it. You always have the best bumper music and stuff, though, you know? <laughs> that's, that's one thing I loved, actually, about this show, too. It's not because we just had fun and stuff. But, I mean, how you do the audio clips when we talk about stories, how you have the great bumper music and all. You're very professionally run, and I'm very, very impressed by that. Ah, thank you. Well, why don't don't we uh, just uh, get into this next story, which will just, you know, just, uh, just, I don't know, just drive it down to the ground. How about that? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So starting off this hour, I know I see this story here. I don't know if you had a chance to to take a look at it, but I just thought it was an interesting story. So, okay, kids, so this is from MSNBC. So the title of this is The Scent of a Man? Question mark. Could it be an STD? Wow. I saw this. Uh, so I'm going to read uh, the first few paragraphs here, and uh, we'll see where this discussion goes here. So here we go. So would it be lovers wondering whether to go forward with a new relationship? Might he, the advice of Russian scientists, take a deep whiff? Sniffing a potential partner scent could tell whether Mr. Wright has a sexually transmitted disease, according to a small study that found gonorrhea-infected men smelled quote, putrid, unquote, to a bevy of young ladies. Wow. Uh, This is a research. Our research revealed that infectious disease reduces odor attractiveness in humans, wrote Mikhail Moxin, a professor at the Institute of Cytology and Genetics. 
in a Russian city I can't pronounce, uh, and the lead author of research published in the most recent issue of the Journal of Sexual Medicine. There's a journal like that. Wow. Uh, let's see. Uh, the off-putting scent may be subtle, uh, more a chemical warning than a blast of body odor, but it definitely has an effect according to the experiment conducted by this guy and his colleagues. The researchers had long observed that certain animals, such as mice and rats, were not as attracted to the scents of other critters when they were infected with disease. Uh, they wondered whether humans, too, would be turned off by the scent of an in infected person, particularly one harboring an STD. So this is how they did the study there, Kat. So they invited uh, 34 Russian guys, ages 17 to 25, to donate samples of armpit sweat and spit uh, for the cause uh, of science. Wow. The group included 13 young men with gonorrhea, 16 who were healthy, and five who had the disease but were successfully treated. Then they found 18 female students, aged 17 to 20, at a university who were willing to serve as sweat sniffers. They obtained sweat samples by dressing the men in tight-fitting T-shirts and cotton pads swollen into the armpits. After an hour of sweating, the men bagged their shirts and their pads and placed in the glass vials for women to sniff. I can't read this anymore. Wow. Yeah. What, what do you think about so that? Sheet? Gross. That's just nasty. And I want to know how much they paid these women to sniff their stuff. Because I don't know how much money I would have to be paid to do that. <laughs> really don't. And possibly, uh, yeah. well, it, like you said, it when you were reading the beginning of the article, it said that, okay, tests or studies show that men who have gonorrhea, you know, you could, tell if a man has an STD by smelling him. If he has gonorrhea, he's going to smell putrid. Well, first of all, if a guy smells putrid, I'm not going to want to go out with him anyway, so we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> you know? If he has gonorrhea or not, if he just smells disgusting, why would I want to be with him? You know? Oh, so, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that is so gross. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's just, uh, I can't believe that they had that story there. It's just, uh, um, I yeah. am curious to know how much they paid those those girls. Because uh, probably a case of vodka or something. Because <laughs> they had to be drunk when they sniffed. Yeah, exactly, drunk drunk sniffing. <laughs> I, in fact, that's probably a class um, at the at the university there, drunk drunk uh, drunk sniffing. Uh, it's kind of like when you say, you know, uh, girls look prettier when you drink more or whatever. You know, maybe things don't smell as bad if you're drinking. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, that's like, yeah, gross. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel all like, uh, all like icky now. 30. <laughs> It's funny when you said, I can't read this anymore. <laughs> it was making you nauseous. It was it, it was it, it was making it was making me nauseous. It was making me nauseous. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's let's move on here. Let's uh, let's let's talk. Well, let's get back to some social media stuff here because uh, uh, we talked about this in, in, in our pre-show uh, uh, show prep. Uh, well, 
kind of whatever. Uh, so so there's this uh, – well, I'll read the title. This is from the Daily Mail from, from the UK. So this is from November 3rd, 2011. So the title is, Woman Tried to Burn Down House of Longtime Friend Who Defriended Her on Facebook. Back cat, you told me about this. Um, let me read this here a little bit. So a woman tried to burn down the house of a longtime friend who defriended her on Facebook, police say. Jennifer Christine Harris, 30, of Des Moines, Iowa, has been charged with first-degree arson and is being held in jail. Harris allegedly tried to torch the home of old friend Nikki Rasmussen while Nikki and her husband Jim were sleeping. The fire broke out in a detached garage at 1 a.m. on October 27th at their home. Police say the fire caused a popping sound, which was followed by a boom. The couple were woken up by sound, and they managed to escape as their siding of their house started melting from the heat of the fire of the garage. I'm going to put this link in the chat room here, too. But, I mean, Kat, I mean, you know, I didn't know Facebook was so dangerous out there, like friending and defriending. Like, like how did you find out about the story? I actually heard about it on Twitter. Somebody, it might have been uh, Novelle from Buzzworthy Radio. I, I think he tweeted it and somebody else did. And I'm like, what? You know, I mean, I, they even have articles out there about how people can get their feelings hurt when you get defended on Facebook and all that. But, I mean, that's taking it to a whole new level. <laughs> it's like, I, I think it's just fascinating how social media has become so – or, or people have become so involved in it, so entrenched in it to the point where, not to the point of what, no, what she did was just outright crazy. And what I found even crazier was that she is a teacher at an elementary school. That's scary, you know. But, you know, what would she, what does she do in, like, real life? I mean, I know she knew this woman in real life, okay, and I think the, it went beyond Facebook thing. I think she was. They were already starting to have problems. She finally defriended her, and she lost it. Obviously, this woman has psychological bad psychological issues. So it, I don't know if you can so much blame Facebook, but then it's like, what is it about Facebook that makes? What is it about social media that makes people have their feelings hurt by certain things and? You know, I think that's a a, a fascinating phenomenon. You know what I mean? That well, I mean, I I get this too. We're like, oh well, why won't you follow me on on Twitter, or or why won't you be my 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 Facebook friend? I'm like, come on, you know. And and this is especially applying to like people in high school who I never talked to before, and they like want to be my best friend on Facebook now. I'm like, dude, like, come on, do that. You know, you never talked to me in high you school. <laughs> How you want to be my friend on Facebook? I mean, come on, get over it. I think that's another crazy phenomenon too. That when you, uh, you know, on Facebook, like I have a different name on Facebook because the, when I had opened Facebook, I had made the account essentially for my show that I was doing at the time. I was making it more of a show page, but then I decided to use it as my page. But I kept the name as my show, which was Faith Ignited, because I thought, well, you know. I only want to add people I want to add. You know, I don't want people that maybe I didn't necessarily talk to in high school necessarily friending me. Well, I don't know if I would have minded so much people from high school, even if I wasn't friends with them. 
I was more concerned about maybe psychotic ex-boyfriends or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? People that I really did not want to find me. Because with my name, with my real name, I'm the only one out there. <laughs> like, I'm not right. Kathy Smith, you know, where it would be really right. hard to find me. So, right. and I really wanted that privacy where I could just add the people I wanted to add and, you know. Um, but I know what you're talking about with that. But as far as social media and, yeah, how people get so, take it so personally, I do find that that's a very interesting phenomenon. Like I, like I said, I have found articles online. One was by Psychology Today about, uh, I think that the title of it was, the title of the article was, I can't believe she befriended me or something like that, you know? Right, right. Like why, well, why does it affect us so much? Well, I mean, and the other thing too is that you know, with, with you and I working in, in the in in the health slash medical field, I mean, that adds another layer of complication for things, for the potential of of uh, people and patients and parents and uh, relatives, you know, um, finding us out there on social media and how do you deal with all of that, uh, you know, in addition to what other people you know deal with. So, so it's it's an interesting interesting discussion, which I know that we've had on this show before. Well, especially for you because you are a doctor. You know, like for me as a nurse, like I, like at one time I saw um, a, a this woman that I had taken care of her baby. One time I saw her at like a fair, and uh, she came up to me and she showed me a picture of her baby. You know, I made a difference. There are people you know you make difference, make a difference in their life, but they may not necessarily look you up on Facebook. I think with a doctor. They would because they come and see you every so often, you know. You're their doctor. So if they find you, you know, whereas I see these people for a whatever period of time, whether their baby's there for a few months or a few weeks or, or whatever, I just see them for that moment of time, whereas you see them their whole life maybe, you know. From the time exactly. they were exactly. to the time they're an adult. So. So it's a little bit different for you, and I would think that that would be hard. Like I would find that a very different. I don't know if I don't know if I could be on Facebook if I was a doctor, like with my real name, either. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just for that, just not even for the people in my past, but just for I wouldn't want patients necessarily wanting to be my friends because I think mm-hmm. you have to keep that separate. Not that it's a bad thing if they do. Right. I know that that lady you had on before, Dwyer. It's Dwyer's her last name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, she she texts her her uh, clients and stuff to help them with their diabetes. I remember hearing all that. So it sounds like she takes a real personal approach with her patients, and that works for her. I don't know right. if it would work for me necessarily if I was a doctor. I mean, it might, but uh, you know, I just don't know if I could handle that. You know. Mm. <laughs> so. Um. <clears throat> Let me uh, talk about this other. I saw this on the news today. This just another Twitter-related story about these uh, congressional guys that got fired uh, for tweeting that they were drinking. Uh, this is from the uh, Huffington Post. Uh, it says staffers fired for drinking on the job from Seattle. U.S. Representative Rick Larson fired three staffers who apparently chronicled their on-the-job drinking exploits, including taking shots of Jack Daniels at their desks via Twitter. Uh, and let's see, where were the quotes? Oh, the, the the handle was the rocket ship one. Uh, describes coworker taking a shot crouching behind his desk. 
He also says, we have unabashedly given up on just all things work-related. In another tweet, uh, the guy calls uh, his boss an idiot boss. <laughs> uh-huh. While the staffers drinking got them fired, uh, <laughs> uh, the post had – oh, and then it got posted. So it had 52,000 visits by Thursday afternoon. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> so, so, so here's a little tip there, kids. So if you, if you get to work up there on Capitol Hill uh, and you're doing bad stuff, um, don't Twitter about it because you'll get fired. <laughs> that, I mean, that is so blatant that you almost wonder if they wanted to get fired. Did they not think they wouldn't get fired? Uh, I guess not. I don't. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, as uh, here we are, like doctor and nurse, right? In the healthcare field, if you did that, not only would you get fired, you might lose your license. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I think at any job, I mean, even if you are, uh, if, if you're like a bag person at a grocery store, you shouldn't be drinking on the job. I mean. Right. And, so I mean, like it's it's never a good idea to drink on a job, but then to Twitter about it, and then you're you know have a high powered job like that. That's crazy. <laughs> you wanted to get fired. I think they wanted to get fired. You you really think they wanted to get fired? Well, maybe not, but they were stupid. <laughs> <laughs> if they didn't want to get fired, they shouldn't have been so stupid. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um all right. So let's uh, let's do one more story in this in this segment here. This is a, this is something uh, this is something else I found on the the HuffPo as as cool kids call it. This is not on the list here, but uh I think it's just hilarious. So so the title here uh is uh, uh Ukrainian Women's Rights Group protests Russian elections uh by getting naked. <laughs> oh, oh, oh I Okay. Did you see this? Russians aren't the only people protesting the alleged rigged parliamentary elections held earlier this month. It turns out Femin, a Ukrainian feminist group, is also up in arms about the win of Vladimir Putin's United Russia Party in the December 4th elections. To show their disapproval, Femin protesters stripped down in front of the Cathedral of Christ, the Savior in Moscow on Friday, holding signs that said, God get rid of the Caesar... Uh, the women were detained by security guards and taken into police custody. To uh, explain their stance, protesters wrote on uh, wrote about Moscow demonstrations today on their website. They were all naked. Uh, isn't this the first? Uh, this isn't the first time Russian Prime Minister has uh, motivated women to show skin. According to the New York Post, an internet campaign kicked off on YouTube in July invited Russian women to strip. To show their support for Putin's presidential campaign. Wow. What, what do you think about that? It's nuts, of course. You know, I I never understood, and I don't know if I'm just a prude or you know what makes certain people able to just get naked in front of anyone. Like I would be. You know, that's my worst nightmare. You know, you have nightmares about oh, you went to school, you went to work naked. That's like a nightmare for most people. I'm just looking right, exactly. at the naked yeah. factor. You know, I'm not even looking at why they got naked. You know, and it's it's just to me that's. I mean, you couldn't do that, right? 
I don't think anybody would want me to do that. Let me uh, uh, let me put it that way. <laughs> nice. uh, uh, well, I mean, well, 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 let me put it this way. And 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 actually, well, we'll cover one more story in this. We'll we'll bridge to this other uh, segment here. Uh, uh, so so what, what if you know all the Occupy Wall Street people look that hot? and were naked, then I would definitely empathize with them as far as, hey, you know, I I believe them. <laughs> what do you think about that, Kat? Yeah, but they they don't look like that. <laughs> they need to bathe. <clears throat> yeah, actually they're so, they're 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 a bunch of the uh, Yeah, they're like a bunch of older naked guys with no pants uh protesting. No and uh, that uh that that's actually <laughs> sickening. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Um, so yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about this. Uh, this will be the last story here because this is the one that you that you sent me today. So this is from the uh, New York Daily News: Occupy Wall Street protesters shut down Law and Order (SVU) depicting Occupy Wall Street. More than 100 Occupy Wall Street demonstrators stormed the set of Law and Order Special Victims Unit from the Manhattan State Supreme uh, Courthouse, shutting down production of a OWS themed episode. One of the people said, we made it so they could not exploit us, and that's awesome. Said Tammy Shapiro, 29, of Brooklyn. The protesters arrived around midnight uh, at Foley Square and roamed around the park inspecting uh, tents and signs built by the production company. So, Kat, so, so the real Occupy people shut down a TV show depicting Occupy. That seems really strange to me. Yeah, and that one that one quote from that idiot lady <laughs> that we we made it so they couldn't exploit us and that that's just awesome. You're exploiting yourself. You know, what do they think? They think get first of all, shut up, go home, take a bath, get a job. You know, stop telling everybody that you they owe you something. Go out and do it for yourself. Yeah, it's like the rest of us are, you know, they talk about we're the 99%. No, the 99%, well, not 99% now, but the rest of us are out working hard, making money, doing what we have to do to take care of our families, our homes, whatever. We're not sitting in a park messing up the, the nature and wildlife and making a trash dump out of these parks. To, to try to prove a point that they're never going to win. They're never going to – nothing's ever going to come out of this. It's, all, it's become like a big joke now, and I don't think anyone takes them seriously anymore. It's almost like wow. it's a thing for homeless people now that just like, – I mean, is there anybody that's credible out there anymore? In the beginning, uh, there was. I think there was a lot of credible people out there that were really trying to make this point, you know, I mean, I think all of us can agree that, yeah, it, it sucks that, you know, all this bailout money went to to the top dogs of these corporations and, you know, they get bonuses and all this and what do we get, you know? But, hey, that's life. You can't do anything about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you know, J-Man cannot get all the money. You know, I, th- I think I think that's what we've established here is that, you know, J-Man, you've got to share it with some of us out here. You know, just, 
he, you know, it's it's uh, he's embarrassing all of us, you know, because you know they, they have they have, they have a uh, you know big important show at the top of the hour here, and uh, you know he's he's uh, he, he's like the point five percenter. I don't know. Does that sound right? I have no idea. <laughs> the five percenter? No, the point. No, the point one. I don't. I don't know. One percent. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Why don't, we, why don't we take a break? Uh, because I don't know what I'm talking about here anymore. Uh, so, uh, what will we play this uh, Christmas song? We got uh, 29 minutes, 28 minutes left here in this show uh, till the top of the hour to the I'm a Stupid Show. Uh, but we'll take a break here and uh, let's see. In the next block here, we're going to talk about Mythbusters. They they messed up this week, and uh, we'll talk about some other stories here coming up on the Night Shift Show with me and Kat. Coming up here in four minutes and 25 seconds. We'll be right back. <laughs> it's all cold down along the beach. And the wind's whipping down the boardwalk. <laughs> it's in! You guys know what time it is? all been good and practicing real hard. Yeah. Clients, you've been you've been rehearsing real hard now. So Santa bring you a new saxophone, right? Everybody out there been good or what? Oh, that's not many. Not many. You guys in trouble out here. <laughs> and you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pop. I'm telling you why.
Saturday nights and our last uh, 22 minutes here of the show here. So, uh, so Kat, are you, are you ready? I mean, it's been a really good show here tonight. Yeah, basically because of you, because you're awesome. Aw, thank you for being a friend, Dr. Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Anonymous, Mike Shabilla. <laughs> oh, wow, man. So let's, uh, let's see. Let's, let's see what, let's see what stories we have left here. Uh, I don't know. This is kind of a, I don't know how I feel about this story. You sent me this here. Man is accidentally shot by his own dog. Let me read this here. Uh, dogs are man's best friend, except, you know, when they're shooting a gun at you. And, and strangely enough, that's what happened to a hapless dog owner in Brigham City, Utah. The man in question is a 46-year-old hunting enthusiast who's not named in local news reports on the incident. He got behind a burst shot courtesy of his local canine companion when he was out duck hunting over the weekend. Uh, the man and his dog were traveling in a canoe-like boat when the man stepped out into a shallow marsh to set up some decoys. He left his 12-gauge resting on the bow of the boat uh, when the dog, quote, did something to make the gun discharge. <laughs> I don't know if the safety device is on. It's not impossible. The dog could have taken off the safety. I don't know. What do you think, there, Kat? Do, do, do you think the guy that the dog was 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 going after his uh, going after his owner there? Well, I think I think later on in the article it says that the dog was excited to see him. I think he was going to like go after him, like, "Hey, daddy, that that kind of thing," you know, something <laughs> gun or something, and it shot him in the butt. You know, it's just like. Oh gosh, it's it's funny. I mean, the guy's okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I can laugh about it, but you know, uh, maybe he changed his dog food and the dog was not happy about it. You never know. Maybe he went from that yummy, soft, gravy-filled canned food to some dry, uh, dry. I don't know. Generic, maybe maybe, maybe he changed it around. Yeah. 
Yeah. And maybe he didn't like it. Maybe he <laughs> left him outside a little too long. <laughs> I forgot to let him in at night. But uh, I was like, well, I remember when I first, I think it was, I might have been on Twitter. It seems like I get all my news and everything from Twitter now. But, um, And I've been on Twitter a little bit a lot lately, which is because there was times where I was hardly even looking at Twitter, even reading stuff. But uh, I get, a, I read the, the headline, dog shoots owner, and I'm like, am I reading this wrong? Like, how does a dog shoot a gun? But apparently it was an accident. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of speaking of uh, speaking of accidents, um, so so you you know about this show named MythBusters. I, I've only you know seen it a couple times, but but I guess I guess they they dispel myths. Is, is, that, is that your understanding yeah. of the show there? Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen it once, a long time ago. Uh, so they were, I think they were in Los Angeles or something like that, and and they had a stunt, they had an experiment that went awry. And uh, there's two uh, uh, news clips here that we'll I'll play and then we'll talk about it. For the cast of MythBusters, blowing things up and firing weapons is routine, but this experiment went horribly wrong. The Alameda County Sheriff's Department says the cast was measuring the speed of projectiles fired from a cannon, but the cannonball missed its intended target and instead went through a concrete wall, bounced off a hillside then straight through the front door of this house, bursting through the wall. They were actually sleeping at the time, so they didn't uh, actually hear the cannonball come through the house. And the cannonball didn't stop there. After exiting the home and bouncing off the roof of another, it smashed through this minivan. With your hands, show us how big that cannonball was. That was about this big there. That was a good five, ten inches. And how much did it weigh? Well, I didn't touch it. I mean, it probably weighed 10, 10 pounds at least. The Alameda Sheriff's Office says no one was injured in the mishap. John Belmont, Associated Press. After the cannonball comes the combing of this Dublin, California neighborhood by hosts of the TV show Mythbusters. It was an experiment gone bad, a cannonball flying wildly off target from this range, careening through the walls of a home, taking out a tile on a roof, then landing in a minivan. This is the worst thing we can imagine happening. Uh, I have kids of my own. I have a house of my own. I, I can't imagine how angry I would be to find this happening to it. Now the owner of the house and the driver of that minivan are marveling at the close calls. And my husband and my son was in the car uh, five minutes before it happened. No. I'm so glad they are fine. They're saying this is unfortunate, but I'm like, you know, I didn't know this is happening here, these kind of experiments happening here. The experiment's now over. There will be no cannon-inspired no cannon in this area anymore, at least by us again. The Sheriff's Department says the firing range is closed as the neighborhood starts patching holes, looking for peace. Lee Powell, the Associated Press. Yeah, Kat, I, th- I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, yeah, uh, there will be no more cannonballs shot in this area. Uh, yeah, duh. <laughs> you know, I can't believe nobody got hurt. That that cannonball went through a, a, a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Did you see and the I pictures of all that? that? No, I need to go and check it out because I didn't see every single 
link that you had sent me, but you know, I yeah. can't believe that A, nobody got hurt, and oh yeah, I already said that, I think, but I can't believe that the people in the house didn't wake up when that thing went through the house. Yeah, yeah, so so I saw it on the news, so, so it went through the house, and you can see the pictures of it, and then it went into this minivan. I'm like, wow, and, and I guess... The mom said or something like that, that uh, her husband and her kid were just in the van, I don't know, 30 minutes before it happened or something like that and would have been really bad. Uh, so, you know, I guess stuff like that happens. That's crazy. That Mythbusters is kind of almost like, you know, Jackass, you know, the movie, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like that. They do crazy stuff and something's bound to happen at some point. <laughs> but that I can't believe the the travel it went through through all those things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was uh, like I so thought it was gonna end in the home and then they say it went through the home and into it found stuff another yeah. roof and then I'm like, Okay, where does it end? Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna try to, to trace where all it went, but I'm like, Wow, it was just crazy. Um, so with 15 minutes left, I, 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 a couple of a couple of sweet stories to to end the show here tonight. So uh, so the first story I'll play here is that so this so this boy so this kid, you, you, you know, growing up there, uh, cat, where um, you know where you're out there and uh, you, you know you, you put this little note message in a bottle type of thing and and you throw it out there in the ocean and and think that nobody will ever see it or get to it. Um, what I'll play here. This is a, this is a nice little story about you know somebody who actually found this little boy's uh, message and uh, now they're communicating here. So here's the story. Back in March, ten-year-old Curtis Kipple and his fourth-grade classmates in Brockport, New York, were given a writing assignment with a twist. Their teacher had them pen letters. I said I like to play football with my dad. It's like video games. Which were stuffed into bottles like this one and tossed into the Atlantic Ocean. My mom lives in North Carolina with my stepfather, and um, I called her and said, can you find a person to take some bottles out in the Gulf Stream? One by one, a fisherman did just that, and then a waiting game of sorts for the students. But as the months passed, so did the chance that one of those letters would get a reply, until an email, in broken English, appeared in their teacher's inbox. Hello, good morning. I am Anna. It was from a woman who lives in a tiny fishing village on the Azores archipelago off Portugal. That's nearly 3,000 miles away from Brockport. We asked, if possible, to inform the Curtis that we received the bottle with the message. The message in a bottle was apparently found by the woman's father and brother who were out fishing. It's like a teacher's dream come true. You know, honestly, my first reaction was how happy Curtis is going to be with us. Curtis says he plans on keeping up communication with the family, but he'll be doing it by email from now on. Matt Small, the Associated Press. Oh, wait, that's that's so that is so sweet. sweet. That is so sweet. You know, more than actually wanting to put a message in a bottle, I would love to find one of those. You know, like, I, really? you always... Well, no, you hear stories about the message in the bottle thing, right? And you think, man, that would be cool, you know, because I've never done anything like that. Wouldn't that be cool to do that and somebody find it? But I think I would almost rather find a message in a bottle like that. Wow. So what would you do? Would you try to reach out to them and say, hey, hey, I found your message in a bottle? (laughs) Yeah, I'd be like, hello, I found your message in a bottle. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I turned my accent into a British. <laughs> we got we, we gotta work on our accents for the next show. They're out, out of I know, I know. I haven't done them in so long, you know, since we haven't had a show. I haven't been in practice in much accents and stuff. But wow. <clears throat> no, I think Man, there's, there, be, there's still I five people in this chat room, so I really appreciate all everybody uh, joining the show here tonight. I, w- I want to give oh. another plug to our our, our good friend uh, Jamie, who's with the uh, I've Been Stupid show at the top of the hour here. So if you want to have more entertainment, check them out. But uh, well, we've had pretty good uh, pretty good turnout here for the show. Um, I have. Um, I have one more story here, and uh, it's another sweet little story to end the show. Uh, and uh, the title of this is uh, Jewel of a Gift in Kansas City Area Salvation Army Kettle. Now, Kat, now I usually I usually complain about the, the, the Salvation Army, you know, bell ringers, you know, because, uh-huh. you know, because they usually start ringing the bells like at Fourth of July. Um, <laughs> but, uh you know, they start earlier and earlier every year, which really gets me upset. Uh, but I mean, did, did you get that down there? You know, I mean, did, did you get the bell ringers down where you're at? Yeah, we have the bell ringers at every Walgreens. <laughs> and I and I put, you know, like I I do put a dollar in them, right? Not every single time, but a lot of times. And you know, it's funny because I I there's this one near work that I went into and I, and I put the dollar in, and this guy. He must have spent five minutes telling me, like, thank you, ma'am. Have a Merry Christmas. God bless you and your family. Keep those loved ones close to you. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm walking away. <laughs> I just keep looking at him like, thanks, thanks. <laughs> and then, but you know what? He didn't just do that to me because I put the dollar in because I went there a few days later and he was there again. Everybody who walks by, he gives this long speech. Hi there. Merry Christmas. God bless you and your loved ones. Keep those close to you. God bless you. Have a great day. Merry Christmas. Oh, God. Keep yourself warm. Keep yourself bundled. Oh. <laughs> Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Uh, well, so I mean, I'm sorry. Oh. So, so everybody's left the chat room now, so that's great. Uh, so I'll just I'll just share the story now. Now that you get everybody away. Uh, this is from Reuters from uh, nine December uh, from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, Tossing a stone into a Salvation Army kettle at Christmas uh, wouldn't be a nice thing to do unless it's a diamond, of course. Someone recently put a three-quarter carat diamond in a kettle outside a Walmart in Shawnee, Kansas, a suburb of Kansas City. It was appraised Thursday at $2,000. A Salvation Army employee found a a diamond wrapped in paper, said Major Michelle Heaver, a spokesman for the group. Uh, First he thought it was trash, then he discovered it was quite the opposite. He told us about it, and we put it in the safe. The diamond was cut about 100 years ago, they said, citing the appraiser. It will be in a ring and auctioned off with proceeds to help families and others in need. Over the years, other items besides cash and checks have appeared in Salvation Army kettles, including gold bars, gold coins, and wads of cash. The final quote here is, I've never heard of an actual diamond. Well, we are very excited to get that type of donation. So that's kind of sweet. That's kind of nice, don't you think? I think that's an awesome story, and I can't imagine how long that guy would go on if he would have been the one to see somebody put a diamond in there. 
She would have gone on for an hour talking. That's right. <laughs> what, 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 what would he have said there, uh, Kev? What, what, what would be a sample of that? Of what he said? Yeah, what, 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 what would that guy say? I, you know, I, I don't... He'd say, I, yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, too. Yeah, thank you very much, or something, something like that. Well, no, he would have been like, holy moly, thank you so much, God bless you, keep yourself warm, keep your friends, keep your friends close, and, and, and love all your parents, love all your parents. <laughs> 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 I mean, I wish, you know what I need to do? I need to record that guy. I need to record him, and 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 so we if can play it. If you record that guy, I will play it on the show. We'll, uh, okay. I wonder if we'll, you know. I wonder if I'm gonna have. To, I probably could just sit there acting like I'm talking on the phone, and then put the dollar in and just let him. So you can hear how long this man goes for. Like I was yeah. talking to the car. He was still talking. I was almost at the car. <laughs> like I said, I was looking back, waving thanks. <laughs> <laughs> He's really nice, but it was like okay. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, yeah, that'll that'll, that'll be oh. interesting. That'll be interesting for the next show if we can, we can get that get that going. <laughs> I definitely need to. Oh man, that was wow. That's a nice story though. That's a nice story that that they put the time in. That's. Talk about giving. Um, we have the six <laughs> minutes here. Let, let me let, let me do one more story here. We'll do one more story. Well, it's it's another animal story because I know you love animals. Okay, uh, I love this one. We'll talk about this cat here. So, because uh, you're a cat, uh, so the cat's twenty six toes help boost Milwaukee animal shelter. Uh, in the reversal of fortunes, a once unwanted cat has come to the rescue of an animal shelter in need of a new home. This orange and white tabby named Daniel is no typical cat. He has new record 26 toes, a phenomenon that is helping the nonprofit Milwaukee Animal Rescue Center raise money to relocate to a new building. Normal cats have 18 toes, but Daniel has two extra uh, on each foot due to a genetic mutation called polydactylism. Google it, kids. Uh, officials at the center found, uh, found out the rent of the Milwaukee area was being doubled January 1, so the shelter is buying a new building and seeking small donations of $26, one per toe. That's creative. Uh, they've collected so far enough to secure financing uh, of about $80,000 since October 24, but they hope to raise 120000 by December 23. Uh, so that, that's, a, that's a nice little sweet story there. I saw pictures of this cat, you know, and, and uh, hey, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a nice little cat there, don't you think? I think he, was, he is just so beautiful, you know. And when I read, I loved that story, by the way. That you had sent, and um, they had raised what, what did they say over eighty thousand so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and I love the little idea they came up with, like a dollar for each toe. So it's basically a twenty-six dollar donation that people are giving, and and you know, he ended up at that shelter because he was unwanted because of his morphic features, dysmorphic features. And now he was going to be adopted out, but they're keeping him as a mascot, which I love, too. And I thought he, he's a beautiful cat, you know. And I see polydactylism in babies. But a lot of times, I don't know, I guess, you, I don't know if you've seen it, because you don't really take care of kids, right? Like, they just tie it off, usually because it's just, like, hanging there. Like, usually, it always weirds me out. <laughs> Poor babies. Right, you know? exactly. 
exactly but it's not right. usually a it's not usually a full functioning digit. It's like a hang, it looks like like a little tiny stubby finger with a nail and everything, but it's hanging by a, a thin thread of ligament type thing. So they just tie it off and it's like nothing. But it's just so weird looking. But sometimes you'll see, like I I, I think I saw a kid once where his thumb was like. One thumb, but it branched off into two separate thumbs or something. Because like, it's weird things, you know, you see all that. And that's basically what, kind of what this cat had. I mean, he actually had the extra digits. They weren't just hanging there, you know. Like, like you see with a lot of kids that have the, the polydactyly thing. Yeah. So, but they said he can totally walk and he has no problems, you know, functioning like a normal cat. So, his, oh, his gorgeous face and beautiful cat. I think it's a beautiful cat. Uh, cool. Well, I think we made it. We have three minutes left, and uh, I'm going to play a song here at the end as well. So, uh, so Kat, what do you think? We, 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 got, we got through another show here. We got through, I didn't think I'd, I'd make the whole two hours. I thought I would just conk out. Well, I knew we could do two hours. I knew we could because we rock. <laughs> well, no, we you know what? <laughs> I'm not cocky or anything. But no, yeah, no, I really, you know. I I really enjoyed it. I was I'm so happy that you know, we got to do this show. Like I said, I've missed it, I missed you, we haven't talked in a while and um this is always a good time for me. Uh but uh yeah, I knew we'd get to I had we, it's been so long I I knew I was gonna talk my butt off, which I did. <laughs> <laughs> At the beginning, I thought I wasn't going to be able to shut up there for a minute. I just kept going and going, but uh, I did. I have a, I had a really good time. Thank you so much. And all the Christmas music was so awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll check I'll check my schedule uh, for for next week, and uh, maybe maybe we'll do this again. So uh, uh, yeah, I get the. It's fun getting back in the groove of things, there, cat. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I missed it too. So, uh, it's it's just it's just my schedule. We, and we get, we'll talk about it on the next show, like what the heck I've been doing the last few months. Uh, but uh, um, but yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We'll have to do it again. For sure, man. For sure. And go Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so, anything else, Kat, before we just sh- shut her down for the evening? Just uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, y'all are great. Uh, don't forget to listen to I'm With Stupid next here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, again, I had a great time. Uh, Mike, Dr. A, I'm not even sure what to call you anymore. <laughs> we'll work it out. We'll work it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, love you, love everybody, and have a wonderful rest of the weekend. And I will talk to you later. All right. All right. Good night, Kat. Good night. All right, kids. So uh, shows up the, close up the end of the show here this evening. I do have a little song here at the end to close things up. And uh, just check out my website here at uh, FinleyMedicineRocks.com for the next uh for the next show, and also follow me on Twitter at Dr. Mike Savilla, D-R, Mike Savilla. And uh, one of my favorite tunes here for the uh, for the Christmas time, uh, of course, is uh, Charlie Brown and Peanuts here. So we'll uh, 
will uh, listen to this. So we'll get cut off at the end here, but you can listen to the rest of the archives. So good night, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening live or in the archives. And uh, we'll talk to everybody later. Bye-bye. Bye.